May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You know, I'm so glad we sang, I sing a song of the saints of God. Not only is it a hymn that I have sung my entire life, but it's also a song that did not make the first cut of the 1982 hymnal. It was going to be eliminated because it was thought to be much too much limited to the British Isles. Um, You and I don't tend to take tea at four o'clock. But cooler heads prevailed. And aren't we the better for it? Because we understand that diversity does not mean that we must lose our particularity. That, in fact, to be diverse is to honor the fact that each of us is a unique child of God. Each of us has been blessed with certain gifts, with certain opportunities, with things that make us distinct. And then together, we achieve things that none of us can do on our own. Now, it's interesting the way that the great festivals of the church are treated. I mean, obviously, Christmas is first. More and more shop windows are filled with Christmas gifts and purchasable items earlier and earlier in the fall, meaning that one does not need to be a Christian, much less to be a member of a worshiping community to understand that Christmas is a great American cultural phenomenon. And after all, the economy is largely dependent on how Christmas sales do. Now, my dad, who was an Episcopal priest, used to only half in jest say that even the pagans know to come to church on Easter, but that people who are practicing Christians know that Palm Sunday is essential. There's a reason that only one week of the year is called holy. And then, of course, there's sort of poor Pentecost, the third of the great major festivals of the church, uh, which is understood and celebrated by yet a smaller proportion yet again. It's one of the reasons that I tell my parishioners, please wear something red on Pentecost, the tongues of fire that lighted upon the apostles, so that a sea of red is a way to make a witness that, yes, you and I have something to say as well. But I want to suggest to you that the Feast of All Saints is the fourth great festival of the church. It is, in fact, so important in the eyes of the church that though All Saints Day is November 1st, it is strongly encouraged to be celebrated on the Sunday following. So we're fortunate that it's November 2nd, but if it were the 3rd or 4th or 5th, I think your dean still would choose the lessons for all saints because it has that kind of potential, profound impact in our lives. 
Well, how is that? Well, as I was thinking about what I wanted to preach to you about, I was reminded of something I haven't thought about in, oh, I don't know, 30 years, probably. And that is that when I was an eight-year-old boy, I remember clearly that the insult of choice that my friends and I would hurl at one another, and this must have gone on for, I don't know, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, until it went out of favor, but our insult of choice was, your name is Mud. Now, I think all we were thinking was that if dirt is bad, then mud is worse. So therefore, you know, that's a real zinger, that your name is mud. It was only when I became an adult that I learned that that phrase occurs because of an important incident in American history. Because Dr. Samuel Mudd, M-U-D-D, is the man who set John Wilkes Booth leg after he assassinated Abraham Lincoln. It is still not clear whether Dr. Mudd was a co-conspirator or whether he simply was used by John Wilkes Booth in that way. But when I realized that the import of something I had always said actually just scratched the surface, that when one understood the larger context of that statement, when one understood what it implied, then that statement took on a deeper reality. So where am I going with this? Everybody celebrates Halloween. Very few of us celebrate All Saints. And yet, of course, Halloween only exists because of All Saints. All Hallows Eve, the evening before the great festival, when all the saints of God, all the baptized, men, women, children, of every stripe, every country, every difference in their particularity are remembered and celebrated. So you see, I've I've always struggled. Do, Do you kind of beat people up about the fact of, listen, you don't celebrate Pentecost correctly. Listen, you need to come to services during Holy Week. Look, you need to do something more than the culture does for our great festivals. Or do you simply work with the culture and acknowledge that that's the world in which we live and make the best of it that you can. So what I thought I'd do this morning is celebrate Halloween as informed by all saints. So a couple of things. First, Halloween is celebrated in the darkness. All saints is celebrated in the light. Halloween recognizes death and our need to hide from it. That's why death is either mimicked, a trick or a treat, or a mask enables us to have death pass us by. All Saints says, no, you and I live in the light and the truth 
of Jesus being raised from the dead. You and I no longer need to fear death. You and I have been set free from that darkness. And you and I are invited to live in the light. You and I are invited to celebrate the fact that God has overcome the final enemy. So that's the first thing. Secondly, it seems to me that all Halloween is about children. Remember as a child how special it was that you got to go out on a school night and you got to go out after dark. Two things I was never allowed to do growing up, except on Halloween. And so it is that Halloween reminds us, as informed by all saints, that you and I are the children of God. Our lesson this morning, the epistle speaks to it directly. We don't yet know how it will be fully played out, but even now, you and I can be children and not lose that. If we don't do that, then we begin to become adults. And when we become adults, we tend to lose our freedom. Remember, that's one of the great things about being a child, is that you're free. You're free just to be who you are. You're free to experience life in its fullest. You're free to engage your friends by hurling insults. I hate you, I hate you, your name is Mud. And five minutes later, to be arm in arm and playing, you're my best friend. Isn't it a shame that when we become adults, we lose that freedom? That freedom to say, I'm really angry, I'm really hurt, I'm really disappointed, I, I, I really have got to talk to you, and instead we live with resentment, we live with guilt, we live with shame. The Feast of All Saints says, no, that is not the way you are to be. You are to live in the light as a child of the light. It seems to me that Halloween invites us to confront our deepest fears, and All Saints says, I'll take the fear away. Third, Halloween is all about costumes. It's all about dreaming who I might be. You know, that's why it's so wonderful when somebody wants to be a firefighter or a princess or a pirate or a ghost or a goblin. They can try that on. They can go ahead and experiment. This is what I want to be. All Saints says, you already are a beloved child of God. That is your identity. It cannot be improved upon. And whether or not the world says you're a success or a failure ultimately is irrelevant. Instead, you be who God created you to be and celebrate it. How often I've heard stories of people who have ended up in professions that they never really wanted to do. But the pressures, spoken or unspoken, shaped and formed them. Instead of saying, no, this is who I am. And this is who God wants me to become. 
let me take just a second here, we're always becoming who we are. None of us has arrived. So just the fact that you and I get to celebrate who we are doesn't mean um, that there's not a lot of work to do. So please do take a good, hard look in the mirror. It's a very healthy way to live. Which, by the way, yeah, I mean, I get to preach to you all again, so I might as well take full advantage of this. Um, my favorite illustration in doing premarital counseling comes from a column written by Ellen Goodman, who wrote for the Boston Globe for many, many years. And her uncle Harry, on his 50th wedding anniversary, she went up to him and said, Harry, what is your secret? The two of you are like newlyweds. I mean, you're head over heels in love with each other, and you've been at it for 50 years. What is your secret? And Harry said, oh, Ellen, dear, it's no real secret. What I do is I get up every morning, I go down the hall, I go into the bathroom, I look in the mirror, and I say, Harry, you ain't no bargain. That's the secret to my happy marriage. That is very sound advice and counsel on the Feast of All Saints. None of us is a bargain. But nonetheless, we live in the light. We live as children of God. We live with the knowledge that God is very pleased with us and wants us only to become more and more the person that God created us to become. And finally, there's this. One of the interesting things about Halloween, and now that my kids are grown, I'm in the doorway greeting trick-or-treaters, but what you see in the background, out at the sidewalk next to the street, are the parents of the children. The kids get to come up by themselves, but the parents are back there watching, protecting, caring, that's exactly what the saints of God do for you and me. They're not gone. They're not dead. They're watching. They're encouraging. They're celebrating. They're saying, go for it. Come out of the shadow into the light. Take the risk. We're here. We're rooting for you. We're not going to leave you alone. We promise that together you'll learn that the Beatitudes are not something up here that are unreachable, that only a few chosen saints ever can actually be people who are merciful, who are peacemakers, who are humble. No, no, no. We're here to tell you that's really the real deal. Go ahead. Try it. Go for it. God is with you, and so are we. Amen.